From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast, presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. On the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Governor Mike DeWine says the goal of his State of the State address yesterday was to celebrate the state's victories and shine a light on the work that still needs to be done. Brittany Bailey was at the State House. Governor DeWine delivered his first State of the State address since before the pandemic. As he faces re-election, his message was this, Ohio is strong and ready to make some noise. The state of our amazing state is strong. Some of the things we did not hear from the governor were any mentions of the House Bill 6 controversy, the recent gun legislation he signed into law, and the current redistricting fiasco. Reporting at the State House, Brittany Bailey. During his address, DeWine painted a rosy picture of his accomplishments, but also took time to honor those on the COVID-19 front lines. We owe such a debt to our health care workers, our nurses, our doctors, our first responders, frontline workers, grocery store clerks, restaurant workers, local health department personnel, our teachers. DeWine also said the state still has a long way to go when it comes to mental health resources. Friends, Ohio has just taken off. And all of us in this chamber are building the environment where every Ohioan can have a better life and where Ohio children can dream and those dreams can really come true. But our work is not done. As is customary with any state of the state address, the opposing side of the aisle issued a formal reaction to Governor DeWine's speech. Yolanda Harris has more with House Minority Leader Allison Russo. The Democrats didn't shy away from the redistricting issue when responding to the state of the state. Fair districts mean better representation, which means better, more responsive government by and for the people. Republicans continue to blatantly disregard these cries by passing unconstitutional state and congressional maps. I'm Yolanda Harris. Ohio's primary election is still set for May 3rd, but Secretary of State Frank LaRose says the ballot cannot include Ohio House and Senate races without finalized legislative maps. LaRose sent out a directive telling county boards to remove those races from the ballot because the lines for the races still aren't clear. Local office elections and local ballot issues like school levies would still remain on the ballots. Meanwhile, the Ohio Redistricting Commission set rules last night for two map makers hired by the group. State Auditor Keith Faber laid it out. The concept is pretty straightforward. You talk to us, you work with us, you don't deal with outside entities, you don't deal with former clients. It shouldn't be complex or complicated. Those map makers will begin their work today with the goal of presenting maps by Monday. Ohio Congresswoman Joyce Beatty was among lawmakers who testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee. More from Brittany Bailey. She spoke in support of Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She emphasized that if confirmed, Judge Jackson would be just the sixth woman on the Supreme Court. I urge this body to remember that Judge Jackson's confirmation vote must not be isolated to her gender or to her race. Instead, I urge you to closely examine her credentials and her sterling judicial record. The American Bar Association already has given Judge Jackson its highest rating. I'm Brittany Bailey. The Ohio Department of Health reports that their experts are still closely watching the Omicron subvariant's potential impact. Director Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff says that's why we need to keep a close eye on COVID-19 trends across the world. While BA1 are closely related... BA2 seems to have an edge on its cousin BA1 in terms of being more contagious. 
Nevertheless, they seem to have similar severity, be similarly responsive to vaccines. Dr. Vanderhoff says the department is continuing to focus on the shift from pandemic to endemic. Attorneys representing investors in utility giant First Energy Corporation say two top officials were behind the payments in an alleged $60 million corruption scheme. Eric Brown has the details. The attorneys revealed the names in new court documents Wednesday under an order from a federal judge. They said former First Energy CEO Chuck Jones and senior vice president Michael Dowling were responsible for the company's role. Both Jones and Dowling were fired by First Energy in October 2020. Neither have been criminally charged. Jones has long said he did nothing wrong. Messages seeking comment were left with their attorneys. Eric Brown, ONN News. And the family of a teenaged Columbus girl shot and killed two years ago is furious with what they say is a low bond for the man now charged with her murder. Yolanda Harris reports. Michael Green was 17 when police say he killed 14-year-old India Corley in 2020. Now 18, he was arrested last week but charged with murder as a juvenile since he was underage when he allegedly committed the crime. Now on Monday, Green entered a not guilty plea and Judge Kim Brown set a bond of 45 thousand dollars. Sister Satara Corley calls the bond amount a slap in the face. I would rather have the person who did this to my sister locked up and off of the streets than to be out here. I'm Yolanda Harris. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.